This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And hello, Hearts of Oak. Thank you so much for joining us. And it is absolutely wonderful to have a guest that has been a long time since she was with us. And that's Diana West. Thank you very much for joining us, Diana. Hello, my friend, Peter. It's been way too long. It has been so much happening. Um, Lots to talk about. But thank you so much for coming on again. The links there are underneath. You can follow uh, Diana at Real Diana West on Gab and her website, dianawest.net, and also Patreon. You can go there and it's just forward slash Diana West. So um, I'd encourage you to go and use any. I think those are the main three, aren't they, Diana? I'm sorry? I think those are the main three on Gab, on the website, and on Patreon. Yes. Yes. main three to find you so going and i always have fun going through uh diana's gab account and a lot there a lot posted up and of course me being over in the uk i rely on sources like that to find out the madness over on stateside but yes. we'll get into that so 6th of january committee the the chaos the charade we've had we had one person on a couple of maybe two months ago, and that was Jake Lang, who's one of the I couldn't believe there were 900 that are languishing in jail uh, without any rights. And uh, his trial is but away in, in February, January 2023, so yes. two years after. But maybe we'll start off again. A, a UK audience may not r- be completely up to speed on what the January 6th committee is. Do you want to just introduce that first before we jump in? Yes, well, it's it's a part of the political persecution of all Americans really with with this this tip of the spear including people like Jake Lang and the 900 defendants as you mentioned, um, a large number of which are actually in jail under the worst conditions that if Amnesty International ever bothered to check on them, the United States would be named a, a, a country that engages in torture. These mm. people are in solitary confinement. They're, they're not allowed due process. They barely have any visits. They're not allowed to go to church or, or any other religious service. They don't get to go to the barber. I mean, it, it, is, it is gruesome. And I will say that I recently read Vladimir Bukovsky's memoir of his life as a dissident, most of which he spent in gulags and psychiatric hospitals. And I'm afraid to say the parallels are quite strong. Mm. Um, The January 6th committee is the um, congressional uh, kangaroo court, um, I will call it, because it is that is attempting, that it's mainly moving. And, and it's, 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 these things are moving on different tracks. You've got the, the judicial track, which is, which is the, the defendants, those arrested on January 6th. And then you've got the congressional track, which is building a case to um, indict President Trump. I think that is mm. their, pretty much their stated goal. And it, it is a, a kangaroo court because it does not allow witnesses to, to cross-examine, to bring defense to um, uh, have the opposite view, to have competing view, to have competing 
arguments at all. And, and we're seeing this also in our judiciary system in these court cases as well. Stepping aside a little bit to the Alex Jones case, Alex Jones being on a yeah. uh, defamation uh, case right now that is uh, concluding, was literally not allowed to present defense. Yeah. I mean, America has unraveled. You know, people want to know what's going on here. It's basically, this is the unraveling. And the vehicle is January 6th. And what I would really, um, and you know, we can talk about this, but I think that the bottom line here and the best way to understand it is that we are, we have undergone a revolution from within. It's a top-down revolution. And this is the consolidation of the single state, security state power structure in this political persecution, which goes from President Trump down to the most average citizen who simply stood up for his voting rights on January 6th. So it, it's, it's in, in political terms, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to the United States. Uh, but I do believe that it is not just, it is not the United States at this point. We are actually occupied by a revolutionary force. And I think the historical parallels, <laughs> Vladimir Bukovsky's memoir to one side for a moment, the historical parallels to um, the great terror in the French Revolution, I am very afraid are quite strong. Well, to the point that, of, if I could just add one more little thing, yep. I have a question. I don't mean to talk too much, but fascinatingly enough, I discovered because I'm I'm not an expert on the French Revolution by any long, any shot, but I was reading a very good book called The Guillotine and the Cross by Warren Carroll, and he starts the date. He dates the Great Terror to August 10th, 1792, several years after the actual French Revolution, of course. But I, I would just like to add that, that, that this was the consolidation of the Paris Commune that day and where you see the first massacre of the Swiss Guard guarding uh, the royal family. Three days later, what did they do? They set up a special tribunal to investigate August 10th. The parallels to investigating January 6th couldn't be stronger because they were looking at people who opposed the overthrow of the monarchy in general, who defended the king, or just didn't disagree with what was going on with the revolution. And they used that to launch the persecution and terror itself that, that was incredibly bloody as well, that went on for the next year or two. So that's kind of where we are in America. And I, I, I catch my breath over that. Well, I just want to bring up, let me see if I can... Uh, bring up there. That is the the makeup of the committee. You've got two Republicans. Well, Liz Cheney is not a Republican no, in any not, sense. Yeah. Uh, and you've got the Democrats. But to, looking at, and this has been going for about a year, I think it was July 2021, yes. they started. And um, how do they have the right? Because it's it's a court is it a court? And they have all these individuals. They had Steve Bannon. Um, they've had I think, Peter Navarro. They've had uh, many people who they forced to go and turn up and give account of themselves. Um, kind of how does this committee play in? It's it's not a, a court. So it's uh, explain to our viewers kind of what it is and what, apart from destroying Trump, and uh, kind of what the process they're going through is. Well, they set their own rules. It's a political show trial. And as such, it, it doesn't play by any rules of actually investigating 
um, to find out the facts. They are investigating to nail down a narrative, to entrench a narrative. Yeah. And what this is all aimed at, both at, at the congressional level in the committee, in terms of this show trial and bringing people in to um, interrogate and so on, um, as well as the, 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 the judicial process that I'm talking about with all the defendants, as you allude to, and everything else around it, this is really aimed at a, psych a form of psychological warfare yeah. that is to erase the facts as I think most politically interested Americans know them, which is to say that from November 3rd to, no to January 6th, November 3rd, 2020 being our presidential election day and January 6th being the day of the um, approval or the, the rubber stamping of the electoral mm. college results, we, we experienced an electoral coup d'etat. We had yeah. a, a stolen election, so much evidence, so much rampant corruption on film, in, in boxes, on, yeah. in, in deliberated on all, by January 6th by different state legislatures. Our individual states run elections. And I think the, a good way to explain it to um, international audiences is that in the contested states where this election was decided and where Donald Trump was ahead on election night when five states suspended counting mm doesn't happen in elections, not in any democracy, right? They all suspended counting. We don't know who coordinated that. And when they resumed, we had Biden in the lead. That is really all you need to know about the 2020 election. But going forward from there, as these state legislatures attempted to figure out what was going on, they came up against the fact that their governors had, and other officials had intervened in the election process, rule setting process. And so they were attempting to grapple with this um, corruption of the election process. And indeed, on January 6th, and it's very important to remember this, over 100 individual legislators from these states had signed a letter and more were signing every day. The letter arrived in Washington, I believe on January 5th. Okay. It was to Vice President, then Vice President Mike Pence, who was presiding over the counting. And they were asking for a pause in the approval in the Electoral College uh, approval that was going to go or the counting of the votes. It's a ceremonial thing, mm. usually. Um, they were asking for a pause of, of 10 days, at least, so that they could address the controversy, the problem, the unsettled, the the arguments that, that just that were tearing their state legislatures apart. They wanted to address it. They had the power under the United States Constitution to do that. It is their job. And that's something people don't remember because when you had the the, the events of January 6th uh, set on fire, if you will, it totally distracted everyone from what was really going on in terms of this debate, this controversy, what the congressmen were doing. We had senators and uh, House members, you know, representatives from both houses of our Congress trying to work through the fact that some of these states had sent two sets of electors. I mean, this is all constitutional roadmap stuff. We've had it happen in our yeah. history before where this has come to the Congress in such a fashion. They had to ram it through. And essentially what we've seen in the last 20 months is an effort not to reassert democracy, which is what they tell you all the time. It is to erase yeah. 
their crimes, their revolutionary insurrection against the American people. Because of course, when the American people elect a president and you erase that, that election, you are not just harming the president, you are erasing and negating the vote of the American people. They are erasing and negating this history now and making it essentially a thought crime to remember it, to, to want to correct it, to stand up about it, to talk about it, to have it appear in any form in our public life. And that to me is a real sign that we are looking at the consolidation, again, of a revolutionary uh, commune, <laughs> very much like what we saw in the French Revolution, with a lot of tweaks, you know, 200 and some years, 230 years later or so, you know, things change, techniques change, obviously, times change, but the things that knit them together are the same. The, the eradication of political opposition rights, human rights, mm -hmm. sovereign rights, and, and all the rest of that, it knits these revolutionary impulses together. And we can look from, Fran from France to, to Russia and many other revolutions. And now America in 2022, and I'm sorry to say that, but it's a revolution from the top down and I don't see any other way to characterize it. How can, how can it happen that people, I mean, you'd posted today, I think of uh, one lady has, has, pleaded guilty to the charges and I think that's what they're doing they're keeping people solitary confinement away from any connection with the outside world hoping to just grind them down and force them to declare they're guilty and then they can 20 years in jail would in a normal jail would be better than forever in solitary confinement um but you post today that one lady she's pleaded guilty facing up to 20 years um how is how is this allowed to happen. I mean, we've watched some of the committee. There doesn't seem to be much interest in it. We, we've we actually had next to nothing shown here in the UK, even yeah. I think in the States. It's no longer shown. Yeah. This is just going on. But how is this kind of allowed to happen that individuals can be held without any trial? It's worse than Guantanamo Bay. Well, it is. It's not all the defendants. I think that we're looking at scores of defendants, not the whole 900. Many are out on, um, you know, perhaps under house arrest. Some of them are, have terribly onerous conditions as far as their pretrial existence. But this pretrial uh, confinement, I don't remember anything like that in American history before. Uh, for example, a week or so ago, we had our first January 6th defendant who did not take a plea. This poor woman that you that you mentioned from Ohio, she worked in the school system. She took a sign and wandered into the Capitol at some point, got into the Senate chamber, was there for 10 minutes, walks out, and is now facing 20 years. Uh, it's absolutely unconscionable. It's outrageous. This, this kind of pressure that she was under to take such a plea and perhaps from a terrible lawyer who just wants to move on to the next case, is what a lot of the defendants are working under. We had, we've had we had several cases, may, under 10, I think, have actually gone through sentencing um, under these, uh, these kinds of, of guilty pleas, which is, I think, the worst kind of mistake for them to make. But they make, they make this decision either to get out of jail, they think they're making a deal, it, it's not going well. But 
Guy Reffitt, a man from Texas, was did refuse to take a plea, um, said he was innocent of all charges. He was recently sentenced uh, to the longest sentence of all so far. He got seven and a quarter years, did not enter the Capitol, did not commit a single act of violence. That's really all you need to know about that case. It is so outrageous. It is beyond words. He, he pleaded innocent to carrying a weapon. He, he, they, the, the state said he had a weapon on him. He said he did not. That still is not a charge that would lead to a seven and a quarter year mm. sentence. But let me mention to your viewers that he has already served 20, 20 pretrial months in yeah. these Guantanamo Bay-like conditions, in these gulag. They call it the DC gulag conditions, um, including, and this is horrendous, 229 days in solitary confinement. And wow. he is a, 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 you know, a man under 50, three children, one of whom turned him in, another story, wife, business, life shattered. As the, the woman from Ohio that you first mentioned had to quit her job, life shattered. You know, the, the, the cruelty of this, of the American government, if we can call it the American government at this mm. point, is epic. You know, I would like to make a blanket apology to all Germans who are watching because I think the Western world has always been taught that there was something specifically specific and, and unique to the German people that could have given rise to uh, the Nazi regime of 12 mm. years. Um, it is not unique. It is it is the human condition. And, and you see it play out all around us, all over the world in these episodic periods of tyranny and terror that are by no means confined to Germany. And I would just like to get that out there because I see in the police state that America has become Gestapo-like yeah. behavior. And you have to call it what it is. Uh, you know, you can call it Stasi, you can call it Gestapo. Uh, you know, we have a lot of, unfortunately, our history of the world has a lot of models. But mm -hmm. um, the, the way the, the the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, has been, and the CIA, have been turned into instruments of oppression internationally and nationally is, is really kind of the, the um, at the center of all of this. We have a, a, a black budget uh, police state entity that has no oversight. May mm. I say one thing, um, on, I believe it was Friday, the head of the FBI, Christopher Ray, who is a, you know, a, a, a terrible, <laughs> let me just put it that way. Um, he was sitting before the Senate Judiciary Committee testifying and being asked some of the questions that you and I would be asking him. And at a certain point, he told uh, Senator Grassley that he had to leave. He had a, a plane to catch so sorry, have to go, can't answer your questions anymore. And this was actually very disturbing to the senators who had, what, we thought you'd be here all afternoon. We have a lot of questions for you. This, these things are going on. He left. Uh, Miranda wow. Devine of the New York Post, who I think should be watching her back at this point, broke the story that the FBI director had taken the FBI jet to Lake Saranac in the Adirondacks for a family vacation. Wow. wow. And then uh, shortly after, a day or two, we have the raid on the home of President Trump in Florida. 
Well, 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 let's move on to that because yeah. we've all watched yeah. what's happened. I've seen President Trump's statement coming out, uh, never happened to another U.S. president. Uh, and I've seen other uh, House of Representatives individuals as well. He was stopped and his phone was taken off yes. him. Um, so this is building this, I guess it's an absolute fear of Trump putting himself forward for nominee um, to run for 2024, because that's what the Democrats fear above anything else, I guess, Trump's massive support. But tell us, I, remind us, the viewers, because this has just happened uh, in yes. the last few days, what exactly happened on that FBI raid? Well, it's it's a black day in American history um, and, the, and the history of law-abiding, freedom-loving people everywhere. Um, the, the historic home, Mar-a-Lago in Florida, of President Trump and his family was raided by about 30 FBI agents, including three Department of Justice attorneys, which is new. And the Trump lawyers who have offices there, I presume, were not allowed to witness anything. They were prevented from coming in. That right there tells you something's wrong with such a raid. They should be able to see what is going on. The president's yeah. office, bedroom, and a storage container were on a warrant that was essentially flashed before the eyes of one of the lawyers at a distance of some 10 feet, I heard. Mm. Um, they never actually revealed the warrant, which was signed by a judge, Reinhardt, who is openly publicly anti-Trump, actually recused himself from a Trump versus Clinton related case uh, because of his animus toward Donald Trump. And oh, incidentally, used to work for the Jeffrey Epstein organization mm. after, have, after appearing to go easy on him as an assistant US attorney prior to his employment by the Epstein organization. So this is a very compromised dirty judge in my view who signed off on this terrible warrant. Um, they searched, they ransacked places outside the purview of their warrant, including Mrs. Trump's closet, which I shudder to think of just because mm. are all those beautiful designer dresses now trampled upon. That's how these FBI raids go down, by the way. It is, it is a show of strength, which again makes me think of Gestapo types of, of uniformed kind of um, parading around and, 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 you know, very um, uh, sadistic kinds of displays. Um, and what they were looking for, there've been much conjecture and discussion in the, in the, um, in the, in the press so-called, it seems that uh, there is a, a, a U.S. law that if you can, Convict, be convicted of it, which has to do with holding uh, secret documents, you can be barred from running from public office. Mm. So were they looking for such a document in the president's possessions? I mean, it's a strange thing because the president can declassify anything, any yeah. document. Barack Obama left Washington with 30 million White House documents for his library, none of which have been digitized and made public to date, which is how many years ago. So we're looking obviously at, at a targeted trumped up, pardon the pun, or no pun intended, trumped up charge if it is a document related thing they're looking for. Some people also say that what Trump had was a, a 
Spygate, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia conclusion document that implicated the FBI, which would have made the raid very personal, as some are calling it, um, that should have been released long ago, that a mm. document President Trump, while he was in his first term on January 19th, did declassify and has yet to come out. We're not sure yet. And the warrant has not even been released. So that's kind of one track. And then the next day, a very strong, uh, staunch leader of, of the Republic, a staunch man, a staunch politician named Scott Perry, a Republican. Yeah. He was a founder of the House Freedom Caucus, which was where our, our most conservative um, representatives uh, uh, clustered. Not a very big caucus, but an important voice and certainly supportive of President Trump. Scott Perry was on vacation with his wife and daughters and was apprehended by the FBI and had his cell phone confiscated and copied. Now, what cause for this? Is he accused of crimes? No, no. And why was it on vacation? Again, this is why I, I, am, I hearken back to these other totalitarian periods of mm -hmm. terror and intimidation. He, the, the FBI certainly could have contacted Mr. Perry's office or asked to speak to his lawyer if he has one, about how to affect this, this transfer if it was warranted. No, that's not what they do. And, and this we've really seen since mm, the middle of the uh, uh, probably around 2018, 19 period, where you first started seeing what they call no-knock raids on various officials, former officials connected to Donald Trump, whether it was Paul Manafort or Roger Stone, there were others, where they show up in the dark of night with this massive show of force, with battering rams, uh, uh, mm -hmm. men in their combat gear, with big guns training uh, laser laser lights right on the nightgowns of the wives of these officials as they come out in horror, and then see their husbands, loved ones, cuffed behind the back, brutalized and taken away, sometimes without clothes on, sometimes not wearing enough clothes in a winter morning. There, there are many, I have many, examples of that kind of treatment. So yes, reign of terror, I don't think is too strong. Terrorizing what? The political opposition. There is no, there is to be no political opposition in this new revolutionary America. And the, the, the um, commission in the Congress is part of that. And the, the courts under Merrick Garland, the Department of Justice, Christopher Wray, the media, is absolutely the servant of these forces. And I'll give you one example of that, which is really rich, which is the fact that initially the media reported the FBI raid, use the word raid yeah. on Mar-a-Lago. Well, some former high ranking FBI official went on one of the shows and said, the FBI doesn't like that word. It's gone, yeah. it's gone. Now it's FBI search. Can you believe that? I can, oh, yes, you can. I mean, it's but th they're such lackeys, you know. And they just they just promote the line, and and you know that's again what we see. That's what we would expect of Pravda, or De Sturmer or whatever you know, whatever your revolution uh, revolutionary touchstone is. This is America, people, and I, I I hate to say it, but again, I feel very much occupied. I don't feel this is this. The Constitution is out the window. The laws are out the window. Equal justice is is completely gone. There is there's none. And example of that, you have Donald Trump being investigated for financial 
charges mm. in New York, also simultaneous to all these other persecutions. And you have nothing going on with the Biden crime family, yeah. where we have where we the people already have masses amount of evidence of yeah. incredible international crime, including with with hostile nations. And mm. you know all about that. And that goes absolutely uncorrected. And as far as documents go, and the importance of the FBI raiding the president's home for documents, well, can I mention, what is it, five or six word, words, Hillary Clinton's secret offsite email server. Yeah. As Secretary of State, no, re, no repercussions, certainly no raid, no nothing. Tell me on... Is this hap well? It's happening. Obviously, the midterms are coming up, and I guess the uh, the Biden administration, if I can call them that, uh, Biden doesn't know what day of the week it is. Never mind yeah. what what is happening. But um, they've obviously the Democrats have nothing left in the tank. the The economy is doing so badly. The cost, uh, the inflation, uh, open borders, everything is at such a dangerous level. And is it just that the Democrats think, well, we'll just we'll go after Trump because that's kind of throwing red meat to our supporters because there's no way we can fix these other problems? Um, or is that how they're hoping to try and not have a catastrophic loss in the midterms and only a, a bad loss? Well, I mean, that's a fair that's a fair assumption. I I feel so deeply jaded over elections. Period that I have a hard time believing that that we can win any with genuine candidates anyway. So I I come at it from kind of a dark place. I think that it's probably to me it seems more um, existential, if you will, mm -hmm. than about the twenty twenty two midterms or even twenty twenty four. We we you know MAGA. Americans who believe in their nation and their constitution need to be stamped out. And I think that really this is mostly about really uh, an, an ideological purification in totalitarian terms that's going on because it is terrorizing people. There may be only 900 defendants. And I think they're actually uh, planning to bring in on a dragnet hundreds more, to tell you the truth. It's the biggest investigation of a crime in American history by the FBI. You think about mafia and terrorism. No, this is it. This, this protest got a little hot and heavy until, you know, my goodness, the Capitol Police were throwing grenades into the crowd and shooting off pepper, you know, pepper bullets and things like that, pepper, whatever they're called. Um, terrible use of force, killed Ashley Babbitt. Nothing happened to the officer who would point blank range practically mm. shot and killed one of the protesters, Ashley Babbitt. Not even a a, a letter of, of demerit in his file. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, there was another woman, Roseanne Boylan, beaten to death by a DC officer as well. Yeah. Nothing. Um, in fact, that officer was invited to the Super Bowl as a hero. That all aside, this is, it, it seems like politics, yes, I suppose they might be afraid of a real red wave that they just couldn't cheat their way out of. That does seem mm. to be possible. But again, I think it's this, this drive to, to destroy the concepts that Donald Trump actually breathed life into going back to 2016. 
immigration, borders, American trade, you know, American-based manufacturing, jobs coming back, American energy independence. These were the basis of his, his 2016 campaign agenda and an American first, you know, an ordering of policy according to American interests. None of that was ever supposed to have ever come to light before. And I think mm. what's interesting, I had a, a friend who's very um, uh, experienced uh, news photographer who was out and about on 2016. And I remember he was, you know, look, going to the Trump crowds. And I remember him telling me how sad it was in a way because the people coming out for Trump looked so downtrodden. They were they were so beaten down coming out. They probably would have never gone to a rally before. And I mentioned that because he accomplished that agenda in his term. Twen fast forward 2020, you look at those crowds. They look really fat and happy. I mean, mm. he he he, you know, for all of whatever misgivings I have about his vaccine, yeah. which I have great mis have great upset about, but whatever problems his whatever fit he brought something to life that was dead, and that is an American spirit. They want to kill that again. And I think all of these machinations are not so much regular politics as usual, how to get back. It's about how to put us all back down, lying on the ground. And, and I think that sounds kind of stark, but I think that's really what's going on. I want to combat you on that, but I want to just bring up a, well, I mentioned a, uh, something on Gab that you had reposted, and that was mm -hmm. Anthony Sabatini. I think he's a, a member of the Florida House of Representatives. You can correct me on all that, but yes. his... His post was, it's time for us in the Florida legislature to call an emergency legislative session and amend our laws regarding federal agencies, sever all ties with the Department of Justice immediately. Any FBI agent conducting law enforcement functions outside the purview of our state should be arrested upon sight. Is, is that the kind of where we're going it it certainly is a, a them and us but it's it's very interesting no strong words uh from a someone who represents a a, a state who represents the, the people in florida saying well actually it's got to this point that actually we are now against the department of justice we are yeah. against the fbi um this is not just open hostility but open open war um I, I I wonder what other states kind of think along the same lines because this is what the FBI will do. Then you can't have them anywhere near your state. Well, two things: the FBI is not a constitutional entity. There there is no reason to have the FBI. The FBI was created by probably an executive order of the president. It could be dissolved by an executive order yeah. of the president. It should be. It should be as it, as as well as the CIA and other of these intelligence agencies mm. that need to be rebuilt in a different way and certainly with transparency for the people the problem was they never had transparency and other problems as well but so the fbi is not sacrosanct um what sabatini is really speaking to and it, and it sounds shocking to people in our age he's speaking to the original concept of the states and states rights versus the federal government it's been our constant balance and it makes me think back to something I read. I believe it was a memoir, I believe, of Martin Dyes, 
who was the first chairman of the House Un-American Activities Committee opening doors in 1938. So this is how old he would have been. And I believe it was Martin Dias talking about his memory of when it was that there were no, virtually not a single representative of the federal government in the states. He came from Texas. There weren't any federal agencies in the states. The states had their own agencies. The states had their own laws, their own governments. This is the basis of our union, despite the Civil War. This was the basis of our union that was essentially broken after the Civil War. Um, but the, 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 the foundational nature of this state's rights remains, and it's been a very strong current through American politics always. And I love Sabatini's statement because frankly, what business is it of the feds to come into a state like that and wreak havoc without any, any um, check? And certainly the judge in this case, you know, judge signs a warrant. Well, you know, our judicial system has had a revolution from the top down as well. And, and you see this, you see this as you listen to these judges meeting out their sentences, especially to these January 6th defendants, or again, in the Alex Jones case, which will be relevant to all of this, especially as he will be pulled into January 6th as well. Um, so it, it's we're in this tremendous bind because our institutions are gone. And all we really have are the occasional elected representative. Um, and I don't mean to disparage them for being occasional, but it's just the way it is. The occasional strong voice, um, the exiled President Trump, the uh, occasional writer, very very few voices in the media, few websites of note, um, and ourselves. Mm. And it's it's a terrible thing to realize that American institutions are shot. Yeah. And they yeah. don't. They're not guided by law or constitution, or or love of country. Certainly not love of countrymen. The contempt, the brutality. Again, you know has been revealed not only in their actions, but you know, going back to a lot of these investigations, we've seen how these police forces have contempt for Americans. Um, it's, it's a terrible situation to be in. It's very, uh, it's, it's, very, it's very horrifying. It's very destabilizing. The Trump raid, I think, really shook people up, really shook people up. Well, on, I mean, on the Alex Jones and the Trump raid, I think it was The Guardian, so one of our most left-wing publications yeah. here in the UK, they actually used the word unprecedented. I think it was that word unprecedented um, for both the amount that Alex Jones was hit with, which is 47 million, which is just ludicrous, mm -hmm. and the red on Trump's house. Yeah. And I kind of sat back and it was all very, the, all the articles were, Alex Jones is crazy. Trump is really bad. But in the midst of it, yeah. it seemed to be they were actually thinking, wow, this is quite... I I'm assuming that there is no light bulb moment yet for the mainstream media in America questioning anything. I assume they're just going along with everything they're fed. Yeah, with, with, you know, with the exceptions on the margins. Absolutely. I mean, that is how you make it in the mainstream media today. You're really not going to find, it's going to be very hard to have anyone who has enough wattage to have a light bulb go off at this point in terms of not just following the program. Um, that's part of the revolution from the top down. The, the media organs have to be controlled just as education and the courts and all the rest of it. It's, it's very genius. Um, 
I, I do lament and I do note a difference between other periods of strife where there were civil libertarians yeah. who could be across the spectrum, either side, often on the, often identified as, as men or women of the left, um, even if their, their views were right in line with the Constitution on freedom of speech and assembly and all the rest of it. Um, the ACLU wanted to make sure that the Nazis could march in Skokie, Illinois, a home of many Holocaust survivors. I mean, there were free speech absolutists all over this country at one time, and they're not there anymore. And I, I kind of remember feeling, you know, I mean, as you age, there are fewer people above you to look to. That's true. But I, I don't think they're there, and I don't think they're in my peer group either. But I remember 20, 30 years ago being aware of people who were always there to to be free speech absolutists and and to 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 protect the right of people which is what the whole thing is supposed to be about yeah. Yeah. and here we have a force taking hold entrenched again i'm sure I, you know the, the, the basis for understanding this has to include the context of the fact that we have america has an illegitimate regime in the white house and we don't know who's in control. Yeah, it, this yeah. is sort of a difference from other revolutionary takeovers that I look at in history. We don't know who controls Joe yeah. Biden. I don't think you think Joe Biden controls anything, right? No. 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 I mean, he's could not. You, you can go down the line and you say, well, no, he's pro Barack Obama's probably not in charge either. Who is in charge? We don't know. Is it friend or, well, not friend, but is it foreign mm -hmm. or, or domestic? Is it both? I tend to think there's a lot of, entities here um though so but again it's it's this um situation where our liberties have been shredded our bill of rights has been shredded and and it keeps going you know every it just gets getting ripped off little pieces every day and and that's where you look at the public square and you hear nothing who could because leftists who love who love uh, you know, the policies of the Democratic Party should also be concerned about a raid on a former president's house or yeah. the suppression of freedom of thought and speech with the January 6th defendants. There's very little coverage, and it's such an overwhelming subject that it's it's hard even to start to become educated about it if, if you want to be. Um, there are certain reporters, Julie Kelly has done fantastic work, one you know, Gateway Pundit tries to cover what it can and does a good job. You know, it's, it's, there's wonderful people, but you know, you don't have this, this collective eye on the yeah. state and its depredations. And, and it's, 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 it's horrifying, really. Mm. Oh, um, to finish off looking, looking ahead, I, I am amazed and, I'm curious to see how the left will try and steal it once again in the midterms with so many things against the Democrats. Um, I tend to think, well, th there's no way they can le legitimately pretend that Biden will not do yeah. so badly. Um, and I'm wondering how you think will that will will play out. Well, I think I think there are. It's anyone's guess. So one of my guesses is I think there may not be an election. Mm. Um, we may come into a new, remember COVID, we may come into a new lockdown situation, or there may be an election that is essentially stolen again through the use of the mail-in ballot, etc., due to a lockdown situation. I mean, they have a lot of, I think it was 
<clears throat> the dreadful Nancy Pelosi, who, when we were looking at the uh, election fallout before the um, uh, entrenchment of Biden, um, I think she, it was she who said something like, we have a lot of arrows in our quiver. Mm. And it was, it was a chilling thought. They do. And again, because the watchdogs are not watching and because the law by the law enforcement is not enforcing law. It, so <clears throat> it's really anybody's guess. Yes, there will not be a legitimate um, election where the ballot is protected and can, 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 can the, the conservatives or traditionalists or constitutionalists overwhelm the cheaters? I mean, it's, it, it has certainly happened before, and it probably happened in 2016 when Trump won. Um, so we'll see. You know, it's, 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 I don't know it, but I don't think it looks good. And if Trump is arrested, um, I don't know what, you know, it's un, it's un, it's unknown history, it's unknown history ahead right. of us. You know, it's, right. it's, but it's, it's very, frightening and again going back to this notion of reign of terror it may not have 300,000 <clears throat> you know arrests or or what was it 40,000 killed um in that year that horrible year but it, it they have learned to to um to target terror mm. and they have learned to use fewer people to terrorize a wide population the soviets certainly learned that after stalin to do that with fewer to control by fewer and certainly with speech codes in europe they learn to control the people with fewer defendants, you know, from Lars Hedegaard to Gil Wilders to Elizabeth Savage. Well, you know, th they learn to target things yeah. much more cleanly, if you will. And I think the same is true here. But think about the chilling effect of all of this. And then meanwhile, there was a leak from the FBI to James O'Keefe of Ver uh, Veritas, Project Veritas. It was very telling. It was a leak of a, a guide to the symbols of what the FBI calls the military extremists. And those symbols included revolutionary, American Revolutionary War iconography, including the famous in America Gadsden flag, uh, the Second Amendment, which is our right to keep and bear arms, mm. um, and then listed some of the people that you should be careful if people are, are, are upholding them. And one of them, and this is so horrifying, one of them was Ashley Babbitt. Wow. Ashley Babbitt, who was killed at the Capitol on January 6th yep. by a Capitol Hill policeman without any, this is probably our first time in history, we had no um, investigation, no public mm. investigation into that incident. And if you are worried about Ashley Babbitt or still have questions about Ashley Babbitt, you could be on an FBI watch list. So this is where we are in America today. Um, and I'm sorry to tell your viewers that, but um, the media won't. So here I am. Do you think Biden has overplayed his hand? Do you mean it's a known goal with the FBI raid? Because the anger amongst Republicans has been encouraging, <laughs> I guess, and that unification, yeah. which I'm thinking Biden, you're so dumb, but he is quite dumb. So, but yeah. it has that, is that a known goal? Has he overplayed it by going directly for Trump's home? Well, I mean, always possible. You know, everything is not foreordained. Um, although I don't think Biden made the call, uh, he can't, you know, find his shoes. So I think that they are, they know they have to go for it because if the scales do tip in the Republican favor in, yeah. in if it happens, they, they, it's, it's like, they really do have to go for broke now, which is why it may be that we have no election. Um, mm. they do have the, um, 
they do have the uh, strategic edge with in control of all these different institutions and these police and security institutions and surveillance institutions. So they have really everything that should make it work out for them, even if they suspend elections. Mm. But, um, you know, hope springs eternal. And yes, they have energized um, their opponents. They have been energized the American people and these, and these continued prosecutions further energize if people find out about them. So it's important to still, I guess, ring the bell. So absolutely yeah, you can continue. Diana, thank you for coming on. It's wonderful to talk to you as always and yes. good to have your take on, on what is happening. And again, I would encourage people to make sure and follow you certainly on Gab um, and you'll be kept up to speed on what is happening um, and also on Dana's website. So Dana, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Peter. It's been a great pleasure. I appreciate your, your, your time and your platform. Oh, great to have you on. And just to our viewers and our listeners, this is a pre-record done a few days before. So you'll get this on a podcast, on download, and also on all the video platforms. Um, and thank you for all those of you listening as podcasts. Um, we've This month looks like it's going to be a record month. And last year was also one. So it's great to see those going up each and every month. So thank you for listening on the go, if that's how you consume information, or those who watch on video platforms, on Rumble, on BitChute, on Odyssey, on Getter, on whichever platform you use. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching. And on that, I wish our viewers a wonderful rest of your day. And we will see you for our next interview. So thank you very much and goodbye. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.